Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's good to see everybody here this morning. Sun's shining, the grass is growing. And, and we're here to have a good time praising the Lord this morning. Does anybody have a birthday this week? No birthdays. Anniversaries? No anniversaries. Well, praise the Lord anyway. Uh, just a couple of announcements. Um, Historical Society is uh, getting back in gear. They'll be meeting on the uh, 28th in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, it's just torn up with construction, then it'll meet in here. And uh, for those of you in, uh, out on the uh, internet may not know where here is, this is the uh, regular morning worship service with Lexington Christian Church in beautiful downtown metropolitan Lexington, Indiana. We're, uh, we can hear you, but just can't see. Can't get out? Well, then they don't know where we are, do they? They don't know where you are. Hmm. That's all right. We don't care. Okay. You through? Thank you. Let's, uh, let's praise the Lord. <clears throat> in a little more ordered fashion, orderly fashion this morning. Uh, let's stand and sing hymn number two. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty.
Number 169, I need thee every hour. Our Father in God, we thank you so much, Lord, that we could get up out of our beds this morning. Lord, these things we take for granted are a privilege that's granted by you. You give us our bodies, our minds, and you help us to use them. So, Lord, we ask you to help us to use them in a way that glorifies you. Lord, thank you that you put a desire in our hearts to be here this morning. And we pray for those who couldn't be here for whatever reason. We ask you to bless them where they are. Let them feel your presence and your love. Lord, we pray that while we are gathered here this morning, we will feel your presence and that We will feel your love. Lord, all we want is to please you, to serve you. Lord, we want more of you. So help us this morning to experience these things 
for your name's sake, for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number 265. Let us break bread together on our knees. Communion meditation this morning will be uh, brought by Jim, Brother Jim Romager. Well, the meditation this morning I picked was uh, ponderous chains. If you're like me, uh, I was uh, got pretty excited about ponderous because uh, you know one of the, one of my wishes, I guess, when we moved into the area, that I would live on water. So I live on a pond. I thought, well, maybe maybe this has got something to do with fishing, and maybe that'll help me become a better fisherman. Well, we have a neighbor. Okay. All right, ponder, yes. 
So I thought, well, I got a little excited about the word, but then I thought, well, I better end up asking Siri or asking my dictionary what ponderous meant. So I thought, I asked my wife, I says, yeah, we got have a dictionary that I can look up this word and and then I thought, well, heck, I'll just ask my phone. I'll ask Siri what ponderous means. So, ponderous, slow and clumsy because of great weight or dull and laborious or excessively solemn. So, that kind of threw me off my fishing mode right there. So, Romans chapter 7, verses 21 through 25 reads that, let me get my page out here. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin in Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol the cold hearted Ebenezer Scrooge is visited first by the ghost of his old partner Jacob Marley Scrooge is genuinely puzzled to discover that Marley is bound by a long, heavy chain. When he inquires about it, Marley tells Scrooge that he too is bound by heavy chains, even though Scrooge cannot perceive them. Ponderous chains, not a bad image to describe human beings. As Paul wrote in Romans 7, the central message of the gospel is that we all are weighed down by the heavy burden of sin. And just like Scrooge in Dickinson's story, we may have difficulty recognizing the powerful hold sin has on our lives. The image speaks to at least two kinds of people. And I suspect both are here today. If you're not a Christian, you may not understand all this talk about sin. Perhaps you can honestly say, I am as good as the next person. Yes, and possibly no better than the next person either. The appropriate question has always been, am I good enough? What about the ponderous burden of sin 
so subtle that many of us aren't even aware of it. How is your family doing? The younger generation may laugh at Ozzie and Harriet and Father Knows Best. We replaced them with Archie Bunker and Bart Simpson. How about it? Has that worked out to be a good trade? Some of us are living with the reality of divorce or addiction, alcoholism, pornography, gambling, or something else. And just like Scrooge, we pretend not to see it, but it's still there. Oh, yes, it's there. Perhaps you're a Christian. You know how to put on a good act, but deeply inside, there's emptiness, a loneliness that you seldom, if ever, let others see. Perhaps you, too, are afraid to recognize it because possibly that makes you a hypocrite. Maybe, like Paul, you battle daily with that tug of war tearing you apart inside, while outside you portray the righteousness, smiling Christian image. That's why the gospel is such good news. The gospel message is that Jesus took upon himself that ponderous chain. We don't have to wear it any longer. And he wants to tear away that dysfunctional family, that unholy addiction that is slowly eating you from the inside out. That's what we commemorate in the Lord's Supper. It reminds us of Jesus' sacrifice for us, and in so doing, provides us with hope for tomorrow. What about that chain you're wearing? Just for today, why not give it over to him? And see, it maybe you find that he'll also be willing to bear it tomorrow. That's, that reality is what we celebrate today. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your gift to us that you gave the one and only your one and only son Jesus Christ to bear our sin in our ponderous chains your love can free us from these chains if we are willing to let them let you carry them I pray that we have the courage to let you carry these chains for us Thank you so much for your love and willingness to carry these chains for us so we don't have to carry these alone. Amen. Amen. Let's take a few minutes or a few moments and uh, think about.
ponder the great gift that God has given us. As Jesus and his disciples were gathered around the, the table in the upper room to celebrate the Passover, Jesus took the bread and broke it and blessed it and passed it among them, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat ye of it. And in like manner the cup he took it and giving thanks, passed it to his disciples, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. stand for the doxology. Praise God Turn to number 432. I would be true, for there are those who trust me.
Seems like all we hear anymore is bad news. Hello, bad news. Hello, good news. Hmm. Uh, they talk about wars and rumors of wars, and that seems to be all you can uh, get on the on the TV or on the, in the papers, such as they are. Or, but I think there's some, something going on. God's in charge. God knows what he's doing. and Amen. It's not ours to question, just to enjoy it and go along for the ride. I believe that something good is about to happen. Amen. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. He's promised that he'd open all of heaven And brother, it could happen any day When God's people humble themselves to call on Jesus And they look to heaven expecting as they pray I just feel like something good is about to happen And brother, this could be that very day I have learned in all that happens just to praise Him For I know He's working all things for my good Every tear I shed is worth all the investment For I know He'll see me through, He said He would He has promised I nor ear can hardly fathom All the things He has in store for those who pray I just feel like something good is about to happen And brother, this could be that very day Yes, I've noticed all the bad news in the paper And it seems like things are bleaker every day Ah, but for this child of God, it makes no difference Because it's bound to get better either way I've never been more thrilled about tomorrow Sunshine's always bursting through the skies of gray I just feel like something good is about to happen And brother, this could be that very day I just feel like something good is about to happen And brother, this could be Sister, this could be A brother, this could be that very day (laughs) 
Brother Mitch, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Come on down. Well, all right. I always thought it was age before beauty, but... Monkey before man. <laughs> Morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Why? Oops, Bible's upside down. Hard to read it that way. I might be able to figure it out, but it'd be a lot easier with it open the right way. You know, Jim, that was a very good, uh, very good message this morning. Thank you for that. But I also wanted to tell you that, you know, with your ponderous definition, there is some things you can apply to fishing. First, it was a heavy weight, so you're going to be on the bottom. And then it said, be slow to jerk the line. So, see, there is fishing. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, I had a thought a while ago. Doesn't really necessarily go with this message. But I, I just thought about coming to church one day in the future. And there's... No windows, or the windows are all boarded up. There's cameras everywhere, inside and outside. You come to the church, a stranger. This is a church you're not normally coming to. But you come to the door, and it's locked. And all of a sudden you hear a voice out of a speaker. Please come to the main entrance that we may scan your face and see if you're welcome. Think about that, folks. Think about that. How close are we getting? We're continuing on here in Mark uh, chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. And this pericope is about fasting. Jesus is questioned about fasting. He says, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunken cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. Nope. They pour new wine into new wineskins. Boy, what's all this stuff? You know, these are things we don't deal with today uh, as a general rule. I mean, uh, is there anybody in here that still sews and makes or patches your own clothes? One, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it's just not something that we do commonly anymore. Of course, the time's coming when we may learn those skills again if things keep going the way they are. Uh, It'd be a lot cheaper to patch than buy new. If you can find it. But here 
You know, the question is about fasting. Now, what does all this have to do with fasting? Well, first of all, you have to understand that it was a tradition for the Pharisees and apparently then John's disciples, because it was the tradition of the day, they followed that same practice. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you fast. That's just a tradition. You do. Three days a week, you fast. You know, and it's not necessarily an all-day fast. Sometimes it was just in the evening. Uh, and so, you know, these things were tradition. So they didn't do it out of a burden for them, of their heart for some cause or some person's soul to be saved. They just did it out of habit, out of tradition. Some people go to church that way, just out of habit, out of tradition, or out of obligation. I owe it to God. Not because they love God and love the church and love the people, but because they feel like they're supposed to. It's the right thing to do. Well, even doing the right thing should have some enjoyment to it. (laughs) Uh, You know, we should, should be able to say, I love going to church. I love the people at the church because I love God and he loves me. And here Jesus is saying that there's a time, a right time, a right place, a right way to do things, including fasting. And so when he begins out, you know, the, the Jesus answered after they asked, why aren't your people fasting? He, he, he says, how can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? Now, you've got to look at this picture from culture, from tradition. Back then, you know, there was several days of partying for this marriage in preparation. These men would gather with the bridegroom and they would just... You know, they spent their time together and they were feasting, not fasting. They were feasting and rejoicing and having a good time. Now, they weren't doing anything sinful like some people do today, the last minute before they get married. But they did enjoy the the company of each other. And they were encouraging this new Bridegroom, And usually he had just built a new home for his bride and they were there at his home and they were having a good time and they were enjoying themselves. And of course, as tradition would be, I'm sure there was some teasing going on too to the new uh, bridegroom uh, about his ball and chain or whatever. (laughs) We still do that sometimes. And so... But it it was a time of joy, a time of feasting. And so Jesus is saying, how could they fast while the bridegroom's still with them? But there will come a time when he's taken away, and then they will fast. Well, who's the bridegroom? Come on, who's the bridegroom? Jesus. Jesus is the bridegroom. Who's his bride? Me. (laughs) Us. Sounds weird to say that I'm the bride of a man, don't it? But he's more spirit, you know? And then that day I will be too. I'll have a body, but it won't be this body. Won't have the same 
connotations with it. This is a blessing that we have. But Jesus was saying, as long as I'm with them, there's no need for them to fast because why? I've got them covered. I'm I'm taking care of all their needs. I am helping them with everything that they're doing in their life right now. So they don't need to fast. They don't have any heavy burdens right now because I'm teaching them, I'm taking care of their needs, I'm with them. Now, folks, Jesus is with us, but there are times when we go through testing and sometimes... We need to fast during those times. Sometimes Jesus gives us a burden for a person who is lost. And when we feel that, sometimes praying is not enough, but we feel it. The Holy Spirit guides us and tells us, hey, you know, yes, you've been praying, but it's ineffective. You might need to fast. Now, people have different ways of fasting. You don't always have to do without everything forever. (laughs) You know, uh, you can fast uh, by just not eating certain foods that you enjoy. Like you can cut meat out of your diet for a while. You can cut out, Lord forbid, chocolate for a while. (laughs) They'd probably have put me in the hospital if I quit eating chocolate. (laughs) I'd go through DTs. But You know, the thing is, is that there are ways that we can honor that burden that Jesus has given us. It's not always for a person. Sometimes it's for a purpose, for a cause, you know, like a new bathroom in the church. (laughs) Uh, There are always reasons and things that sometimes prayer in and of itself is not enough. Sometimes Jesus wants us to show that we are more willing to follow the spirit than the flesh. And one of the ways to control the spirit is to control the flesh. We experience the spirit more completely, more fully, when we are keeping the flesh under control. When we're not letting it tell us what to do. And instead... Letting the Holy Spirit guide us. So there, he's saying, as long as I'm with them, they won't fast. But when I'm taken away, then there will come a time for their fasting. And then he gives these illustrations. No one sews a patch of unshrunken cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. Well, I don't know about you, but I can picture that in my mind as we're reading it. You know, you, you have, you have uh, let's take blue jeans, for example. <laughs> uh, you wash them, and what happens? They shrink. Now, fortunately, they've gotten better, and they don't necessarily shrink as much as they used to. There's some things, when you wash them, you bring them out, and they look like they're for a child. Because <laughs> when you read the label, you weren't supposed to wash them. You were supposed to dry clean them. <laughs> uh, So, you know, here he's using this as an example because if you have that old, already shrunken 
material and then you add some new piece to it the first time it gets washed, it shrinks and rips the rest. You know, there's a right way to do things. That's what he's saying. There's a right way. There's a right time and there's a right way to do things. There's preparation that must take place. You know, you don't just go into fasting just because it's a tradition or a habit. That's really what he's saying. Don't do it just because. Do it when you have a burden. That's the re- reason. It's to do it when you have a burden for something. When you're being led by the Holy Spirit, that is the proper time to fast. Now, I know some people say, well, you need to fast to get into the mood to fast. What? Okay, Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, you know, this example is about preparation and timing. And then the last one, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Why? Because when you put wine into a wineskin, it's still continuing to ferment some, and that fermentation causes pressure. So it will blow the bag out a little bit. You know, these wineskins were bladders from animals a lot of times. And they only stretch so far, and then there it goes. All your wine is wasted. So if you put new wine into an old bag that's already been stretched to its limit and it begins to stretch again, there you go. Think of a balloon that you just keep, when, you, when you're a kid, you just keep blowing, blowing, blowing. Finally, <laughs> I know I'm not the only one that ever did that. Come on. <laughs> it's no different. Why? Because... You put too much pressure on it. You did the wrong thing. You know, you expected more out of it than you could get. But here, Jesus is using this parable again to say that there's a proper way. There's a proper time. There's a proper way. And it requires preparation. You don't just go into the fasting just because. And... When you go to fast, there should be prayer involved. In fact, there should be prayer involved before you go into the fasting. Why? Because the devil's going to challenge you. Oh, you know you're starving. You know you should eat. You know you should have that. Why would you give that up? What's the point? It's not going to help anybody or anything. Go ahead. Go ahead and have that chocolate. (laughs) I hear that every time I walk through a store. Go ahead, have that chocolate. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Good diabetic food. But anyway, you know, there's this preparation because we have to build ourselves up in the spirit to be prepared for the challenges that's going to come. Can you imagine when, when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days? He didn't need anything. Or drink anything. 
Oh, he should have been dead after three days, right? Yeah, well, it's amazing what God can do. He created these bodies. He can sustain them. You know, we often forget that when, when we're about to fast. We think, oh, I can't make it. I can't make it. I can't make it. And God says, lean on me. <laughs> lean on me. You'll be fine. There have been people who have miraculously fasted many, many, many days. Now, they weren't necessarily fasting without water, but many days without food. And they even began to shrink up from that absence of food for so long. But God sustained them through it. And in the end, those people were used in mighty, mighty ways. For God. But if we do it just for show, that's why the Pharisees did it. The Pharisees wanted everybody to say, they were saying, look at me, look, look what I can do. I'm, I'm fasting three times a week and I give so much money to the church and I, you know, I never sin. Liar. <laughs> Anybody who says I never sin are lying. And that's a sin. You know, the thing about fasting is that it's almost forgotten in our world today. In Christianity, you rarely hear people talking about fasting. And when they do, it's because they're going to the doctor or, you know, they're losing weight or whatever. That's not a good reason to fast. That's not a biblical reason anyway. If you want to fast to lose weight, that's your business. But don't say you're doing it for Jesus because you're not. <laughs> uh, you know, fasting for Jesus means that we were instructed in some way to conduct that fast. He put a burden on our heart for someone or something. And we have that thought so intensely that the only way to make it go away the only way to fulfill that need that Jesus has put on our heart, even though we're praying for that person or that cause or whatever, it still just keeps pulling and pulling and pulling. It's time to fast. It's time to fast. And you fast until the need passes. And often you'll find out that when that need passed, that need was met. I, there's amazing stories of people about prayer and fasting. There's many, many books where people have had uh, friends, family members, even people they didn't even know, put on their heart. And middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, or woke up, pray for so-and-so. Okay, start praying and pray through the night. And sometimes then they still don't feel the release. So they pray all through the next day. No, no eating, no drinking. They just pray, 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 pray. And then all of a sudden they get this peace. Well, then their friend calls and says, boy, I just had a close call. <laughs> and they explain what God put on their heart to pray for them. Well, that's how I'm here. Because otherwise I wouldn't be. Because this happened or that happened. Wheel fell off my car. Whatever. 
But through that prayer, they were delivered. We don't see a lot of that, and some people don't even believe in that. And if you're a Christian and you don't believe in that, it's sad because that means you don't believe the Word of God. Because throughout the Word of God, people have prayed and fasted and results came from it. So we should never be ashamed or afraid to say, we prayed and this happened. We prayed and fasted and this happened. But in today's culture, you start talking about those things and a lot of people just, uh-huh, right, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I experienced coincidences too. <laughs> well, got news for you folks. There's no such thing as a coincidence in God's kingdom. God rules. God allows things to happen or God makes things happen. But they're not coincidences. I don't know, but in my Bible, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke the world into existence. I mean, see you do that. <laughs> I mean, come on. When you can do that, then you can tell me about coincidences. <laughs> uh, but until then, we need to trust what God says. We need to believe that miracles happen. We need to believe that God listens when we speak. We need to believe that when God says to do something, he means it. And when he says not to do something, he means it. We need to believe that judgment is coming because we don't always do what he says. And sometimes we do what he says not to do. Judgment is coming. Look around, just like Bob singing about something great's about to happen. Well, something great is about to happen. Revival's about to break out. Are you ready? Are you prepared? When there's 300 people wanting to get in here, are you ready for that? Are we ready as a church for that massive influx of souls to minister to them, to help them to learn the word of God? You know, one person can't do all that by himself. It's going to take others. We're all going to have to work together. That is about to happen. Why? Because other things, bad things, are going to continue to happen. It's going to get worse. And that's going to cause people to begin to think differently about how they can handle life on their own. How's it going like you? You know, how's it going for you? Handling your life all by yourself. How's it going? <laughs> uh, can you change the gas prices? Can you find supplies? I mean, there's coming a time, folks. My God said he'll supply my every need, and I trust him. I believe him. Amen. I don't know about you, but whatever comes, I'm ready because God is with me, and I am with him. If you have a need this morning, just come and mind the Lord. And remember, there's a proper time and a proper way for everything in God's kingdom. We need to be in tune. We need to listen. We need to read and study so that we can be told by the Holy Spirit 
what to do and when to do it. And then we need to have the courage to do it. And those are all good reasons to pray and sometimes to fast. Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is number 393. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. mentioned earlier about the uh, Historical Society meeting next Monday. Um, guest speaker is going to be Jerry Gooden, the sheriff. He's going to talk about some of the scams, some of the tricks that they're trying to pull over us elderly people. And young people. And young people, elder, elderly people of any age over two. Uh, you don't are, have to be a member to come to that. No, you don't. No. As long as you behave yourselves, you're welcome. <laughs> hmm? Okay. If you talk louder than the speaker, you'll be asked to leave. Probably not. Uh, six man quartet practices this morning for Easter. I volunteered us for something that's going to require a little work on Mitch's part. Yeah, finding a speaker for the uh, area men's meeting, which we'll be hosting on the uh, 
second Monday in April to make up for not hosting it on the second Monday in March. That'll put us back, it put the group back in, in the rotation. Okay. We're not uh, not going to try to have a meal because huh? don't know what kind of construction mess we're going to be into. Should be well done. Should, right. Even this area here? Anyhow, we're not fig not figuring on uh, on food that night. Yeah, I might not make it. <laughs> we'll, we'll send Jim over. And Thanks to those plants uh, by next Sunday, the bathroom will be finished. Good. Glory to God. It's great. We're looking forward to it. Amen. <sighs> there was something else. But I'll think of it before next week. Oh, next week will be our business meeting. Or will it? No. Week after. Week after. First, uh, first oh, Tuesday. Next Sunday is our Gideon speaker. That's right. Bring yeah. so extra Right. And don't uh, don't short the building fund because of the Gideons. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, prayer list. We do have one song. <laughs> All right. Well, do you feel like you've been to church this morning? Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. And uh, 5 o'clock tonight, right? So for those of you who are coming to the study tonight, we'll see you at 5 o'clock. Let's pray. I knew, oh, oh. Sorry about that. There was, was something else. Uh, Austin Christian Church is uh, sponsoring and doesn't say anybody else. They must be doing it on their own. Uh, an Easter egg hunt, community Easter egg hunt on the 9th of April, starting at noon. It says there will be prizes, candy, and three bicycles given away. So just an FYI. Hmm. All right. Candy All right. sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, thank you again that we could be gathered together here in your house. Thank you, Lord, for these words of comfort and instruction. Help us to apply them properly to our lives. Lord, help us to know when you want us to have a burden to fast and to pray. Help us to understand and to obey this teaching, this command. Lord, we want to honor you, so help us. As we live our lives out in front of others that may not know you, they're watching to see what we are about. And if we are real, they know we go to church, so they watch. They want to catch us in some sin so they can use that as an excuse. And Lord, yes, we will sin, but help us to be cautious, to be loving, and to share your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless me.